0: From whose womb did the ice come forth, and who has given birth to the frosts of heaven? The waters become hard like stone, and the face of the deep is frozen. From the Book of Job, Hebrew Bible. Good morning, everyone. I'm Rob McCall. This is the Awanajo Almanac, a collection of uh, natural and unnatural events, rank opinion, and wild speculation devoted to feeling at home in nature in breaking down the wall of hostility between us and the rest of creation. And this is the uh, almanac for December 11th to 18th, 2009, the new Long Night's Moon. Um, Some natural events for this quarter moon. Unless it be the foam on the face of a cold breaking wave lighted by the lowering sun, there is no white quite like snow. The whiteness of snow makes even the whitest house in the village look shabby, the whitest picket fence look dull, and the whitest Yankee look pink. The whiteness of snow makes the perfect surface for nature to scribe her mystic messages, the truth of ice and light, the wisdom of crystal, and the patterns of animal travel. On a bright day the whiteness can be blinding to the eye. If the snow is just right, the wind can lift and roll soft snow puffs in truncated trails along the surface, just the way children make snowmen. And on the hem of the garden, the traces of deer are stitched where they stole frozen kale in the early morning dark. On a snow day, the world seems to breathe a sigh of relief. The frantic getting and spending, the toing and froing, slows and stops as creatures seek shelter to rest and feed on winter stores lately gathered by their labors. Even Christmas shopping halts as humans hole up in their houses while the wind whines at the windows and hoots in the chimneys. Under the fresh blanket of snow, the ground is protected from creeping frost and beetle grubs and earthworms raise silent songs of rejoicing from deep in the mold. Here's a mountain report. In the woods and high meadows on the mountain, creatures rarely seen by human eyes and even doubted by some skeptics leave clear evidence of their presence. Aren't these the tracks of the elusive upland lobster recognized by the impressions of two claws in front of and the tip of the tail behind, wandering through the woods? And aren't these the smaller but similar tracks of the upland crayfish dotting the sparkling surface? In recent clearings, the lodges of the Highland Beaver may be seen roofed with snow, while its zigzag footprints straddle the groove left by its dragging tail, which, unlike the Lowland Beaver, is vertical rather than horizontal. Everywhere the annals of animals are written on the sparkling parchment of snow. There are mysteries aplenty etched in the snow if one has eyes to see and heart to believe. Here's a saltwater report. The mysterious powers of cold down-east waters were seen once again this past week as a Canadian diver barely escaped with his life from the dangerous embrace of the old sow off Eastport, the largest whirlpool, or maelstrom, in the Western Hemisphere. In the past year, seven lives have been lost in nearby waters, and many more were mourned in times past. The monstrous tides and currents of Cobscook, Passamaquoddy, and Fundy Bays call to mind the legendary sea monster, the Kraken, which seized ships and men and hauled them down to their depths, deaths in the depths. And here's a rank opinion. Legends are legends, but they always hold some truth. Our knowledge and power, as great as they may be, are no match for the powers of nature. We tease and tempt her at our peril and deny her to our destruction. Finally, here's a seed pod for you to carry around with you this week from Alfred Lord Tennyson, eighteen o nine eighteen ninety two. Below the thunders of the upper deep, far, far beneath in the abysmal sea, his ancient, dreamless, uninvaded sleep, the Kraken sleepeth, until the latter fire shall heat the deep.